0: You know, I, I don't know how many of you, listen, I don't even want you to follow me on Instagram or twitter or facebook so that's not the point here but some of you do and you know some of the stuff i put on there um i I put a picture on there a couple of weeks ago we were flying home from haiti and we were just on a short little leg from charlotte to greensboro which is about a 20 minute flight and i'm glad it was only a 20 minute flight because i'd probably got arrested at the end of the flight because some of you who saw my instagram post i took took a picture of this guy I was going to put it on the screen, but then I was thinking, well, maybe he's going to come to church. I don't know. <laughs> and so, but you saw the picture that I put on Instagram. And the reason I put a picture of this guy and um, what he said is because it blew my mind. And this is what this guy said. He said, and he was sitting beside some older gentleman, and somehow Pastor Bradley was sitting on the other side of him. I thought that was sort of funny. But um, he's sitting there, and we haven't taken off yet. And the flight instructor, the the stewardess, or whatever you call it, guy who's doing that, he was going through this, and we had the safety pamphlet, okay? The one that, you know, is a trifold, and it tells you what to do in case of emergency, right? Well, he's looking at this trifold and he looks over at this older gentleman who's sitting right beside of me. And he said, you know, that if we crash, this plane is not going to look like that. And so I immediately, in the name of Jesus, punched him right in the throat. I did. No, I didn't. I did in my mind say, if I have the oxygen mask come down, I'm going to take his so he can't have one. That's what I said. But I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But he was so right. He said, if this plane crashes, it's not going to look like this. One of the greatest comments on my Facebook post was somebody said, well, if the plane crashes, he's not going to look like that either. I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. But he was so right. That plane's not going to look like that if it crashes. And some of us are here today in our life and this movement that God is controlling, the kingdom of God. We're saying, you know what? It just doesn't look like I envisioned it. I read all of these stories and accounts in and God's Word, and, and, and it all just seems to somehow come out in the end. It doesn't look like it's doing that today. So, what I got to tell you this morning is something that God's laid on my heart. And I'm going to tell you, I am passionate about this. And so, in the next 20 minutes, which is not near enough time for what we need to cover this morning. Listen, church, you've got to go home, and you got to get somewhere where you can get into God's Word. I'm not being legalistic. I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven if you don't read Scriptures, but there are accounts in God's Word that take place that look a lot bleaker than what 2015 looked. Go into your home, read your Bible, and take a look at just how good God is, because when you do that... You'll come into this place, you'll sing a song that has lyrics, how he loves me, and you're going to say, dang right, he loves me, and there's nothing this world can tell me otherwise. Amen, church? So 20 minutes is not going to do this justice here this morning. You need to get into your Bible, and if you want to, well, Scott, where do I start? Acts Chapter four, because what you're going to see in here is that God uses don't this and don't start. Don't put any slides up yet, but he uses people just like you to advance his kingdom. God has a very special place in his kingdom. Listen, he loves everyone. He loves those murderers. He even loves the dude who did what he did this week. But he has a very special place in his kingdom for normal people. I'm normal. And I don't know about you. I will let you determine if the person sitting beside of you is normal or not. I heard some no's up here. But there's a special place in his kingdom for normal people. And normal people is the means for God is using to advance his kingdom. And so again, we come into church and we sing a few songs. Oh, we may even do something on Saturday night where we get in the presence of God. But can I tell you something? This right here is not enough. Because you have a mission. Hey, teenagers, you are on mission. I don't know how many schools were represented here by your teenagers standing up, but you teenagers are on mission. Tomorrow morning, it's not about can I just make it to lunchtime and then can I make it to practice. It is this, I walk in the door and I am on mission for the kingdom of God. You see, because the kingdom of God cannot be denied. I'm just a normal person who is crazy enough to say, hey God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so in my former life, I put down my dreams And God has given me so much favor. He's given me a love for people. He's given me a love for his word. And then he said to me, Scott, everything I show you, I want you to share it with everyone. And for some reason, he's allowed me to be doing this. And so I want to tell you, you may think you don't have skills. You may think you don't have the education Well, then you're in my boat. You may think that you don't have any platform. You may think that you are unworthy, that you're used up, but God has a mission for you. You've got to just be willing to go on it. You see, the kingdom of God, because of all of us normal people, it can't be denied. One of the greatest compliments I get, and I have a friend that's in this service, and I hope Travis don't mind me calling him out, and it's not bad, but it's one of the greatest compliments that I've ever received. You see, Travis went to this high school with me. He walked these halls with me. Travis hasn't seen me in probably 15 years until somehow Holy Spirit brings him into this movement. And one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten was from him right out there in that hall. And it wasn't stroking me, it wasn't about how great I am, it was about how good God is. Because if you ever knew me in my former life, you know just how good God is. Because what you hear, and what you see, and what you get, is not Scott. It is simply Holy Spirit using this very normal person. So thank you, Travis. It's because of people just like you that this kingdom and this movement, that word movement is is a word that you can look it up in the dictionary and you're going to find a lot of different definitions. But I've made up my own definition if that's okay. You see, I believe that this movement of God is a group of like minded people who are laser focused in their mission. And there's no heartache, there's no destruction. There's no financial crisis. There's no government. There is no left or right that is going to stop this movement. Just isn't going to happen. You see, people have been trying to stop it forever. But somehow, the one who is in control of this movement doesn't seem to pay much attention to what's going on. He just continues to be laser focused. With a group of like-minded people who know what their mission is. You see, it can't be denied. In Acts chapter 4, we're just going to spend a few minutes here this morning. If you have your Bible, in Acts chapter 4, we're reading probably one of my fam- I-, I love this account. It's probably why I get so worked up. I have not had any Red Bull. I've not had any red meat. I've not had anything... <laughs> I am just excited to be sharing this powerful account with you. Peter and John, famous in the book of Acts. They're doing some crazy things because they're a part of the movement. They're laser focused and they know what their mission is. They're in trouble all the time. They're in jail. They're getting beat. They're getting tried to be killed. And so here's another account where they are in trouble. They're standing before a large group of rules, uh, a lot of people who like to follow rules, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the people of the law who say you've got to do this and this and this, and and you can't do it this way or this way. You can't have church on a Saturday night in an auditorium and have loud music with a lot of smoke, and and you can't do it for two hours in the south anymore, right? You see what I'm saying? That's how they... So so we may just continue on this morning. We'll make room for the 11 o'clock service somewhere. And so they're in trouble, and they're sitting there, standing there. I don't know what they're doing, but they're getting ready to probably be beaten for something that they had done. And here's where we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 16. I'm going to skip around this morning here in 4. It says this, the people, the rule followers, the ones who are getting ready to beat Peter and John, they say this, what are we going to do with these men? Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and get this part, and we cannot deny it. Hey, listen, you're a normal person. I know you are. And God is wanting you to do your life so on mission and so on point for the kingdom of God that everyone around you They're going to look at you, they're going to know you, and they're going to see the way that you live your life. And they're not going to be able to deny that it is God Almighty at work in your life. Listen, I'm not going to look at anybody when I say this next statement because I'm not pointing anyone out. But when was the last time God worked so amazingly through your life that people stopped and took notice and they could not deny the fact that God is real and he's alive and he's at work in your life? Just when was the last time? You see, what's taking place in our world today Is this movement is trying once again to be snubbed out? I just ask you Are you willing to live a life where it's obvious that you're a part of God's movement? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Because in this world, you will be called a radical, maybe even a hypocrite. You will be called many things. But are you willing to live a life where people around you will not be able to deny the fact that God is working through you? You see, it's not just the preachers. We're going to get about that in a second. It's just not the people on staff at our church. This movement in this area ceases to exist if His people, you, cease to exist. I want to live in such a way. I want to be a part of something that shows this community that God is undeniable. These men, they saw the fact that Peter and John... They had done something and it was undeniable. My life is to be lived so that God is undeniable. Amen, church? What are you doing? How are you living? What are you saying? Where are you going? To show this community that God is undeniable. This is the part I love. Listen, not only is it undeniable that God is at work in his movement, but do you know more so than that, do you believe that God's movement, his kingdom is unstoppable? You see, the good news is this, whether you and I go on mission for him, he's going to continue to be God, right? I'm glad that I don't control whether he's God or not. He's going to continue to be God. What he will do is he will go find another group of like-minded people who are laser-focused on mission, and they will now be a part of his movement. But listen, church, I don't want to miss it. I've seen God do too many things. I've seen too many lives transformed. I've seen people surrender their life to Jesus who you would have never believed said yes to Jesus. I don't want to miss a thing. And so the good news is God's going to continue to do his thing with or without us. I just want to be a part of it. You see, for that reason, it's unstoppable. People have been trying to stop this thing for a long time. You understand that, right? See, go back here in Acts chapter seven or four, verse 17. It says this same men who couldn't deny it. It says this in verse 17. They tried to stop it, but to stop this thing. I love how Luke wrote this. He didn't even really know what to call it. So he just called it a thing, but to stop this movement from spreading any further. Among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in his name or in Jesus' name. Listen, this isn't a thing. This is a movement. It is alive and it is a well and you are a part of it. It's not stopping, church. Can I tell you, even if this group of people here on this front row, if it was just us six and no more, we're still a part of the movement of God. There's just some reason that is far beyond my understanding at this point. For some reason, there are nearly 800 people on a Sunday morning gathering in a cafeteria of an old school building, and we're having church, and the Holy Spirit is being poured out, and lives are being changed. Now you tell me that that's not God. And so this thing can't be stopped. Well, Scott, that sounds awful confident. No, it's just going through the Scriptures. Look at Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, start looking look at just verse 38. This isn't arrogance, this is confidence in the Word of God. In verse 38, chapter 5 of Acts, it says, Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Talking about Peter and John, the same men. Leave these men alone. Let them go. Listen to this. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will what? It's going to fail. Verse 39. And here's where I hang my hat. But if it is from God. You will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. So you want to know when we, or you want to know when someone else who claims to be a part of his movement, you want to know when they're doing it out of selfish ambition? You want to know when they're doing it for prideful gain? You want to know when they're doing it so that they get the glory? You want to know? when that's taken place, when it fails. Because it says right here, if it's of God, there's nothing you can do to stop it. I've told you a couple of weeks ago, I've wrestled with the enemy. And you see what's beautiful about God's movement. He can take me out. He can remove me. He can remove you. And the movement of God continues. This thing as Luke called it, it can't be stopped. You see, because God's got a bunch of like-minded people moving in the same direction. Oh, there's going to come hardships. There's going to come some failures in your life. There's going to be some times in your life where you are going to have every right to turn the other way. There's going to be some times in some mountains that you're going to have to decide, am I going to climb this mountain, or am I just going to be happy staying where I'm at? There's going to be times in God's movement where your very life may be in jeopardy. But can I tell you how good our God is? Like, our God does things that are unbelievable. Unbelievable. He will take that mountain and He will take that failure. He will take that struggle. He will take, let's use the word, let's use the word persecution. He will take persecution and He will grow and advance His kingdom from it. Scott, that sounds like a bold statement. Well, no, it's just back here to the Word. Flip over a couple of chapters to chapter 8 in Acts. And in Acts chapter 8, it says in the first verse, it says Paul was there and he was given approval of death, of the death of Stephen. The next line, it says, On that day, great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And get this, normal people, listen. And it says, All except the apostles were scattered. And so, what took place there in Jerusalem, where the apostles, the leaders, the disciples, the teachers, the preachers, they stayed put. But everyone else was scattered. And so to put that into the visual of today, that would be like me and Pastor Bradley and Pastor Brent and Andy and Brent and, and Mitch and Ann and, and all whoever else I forgot, Crystal and Melinda and um, am I forgetting anybody because I don't want to hear it tomorrow? Um, yes, all them. I'm going through it in my mind right now. I wasn't pausing to hear what God was saying. I was just pausing. I think I got them all. That would be like all of us. Staying here. And guess what happens to you all? You're scattered. Because crazy train has come to Jerusalem, and you're being killed, you're being persecuted, and you, for the sake of your life, are having to go. But we as the staff stayed here. Well, that's the end of that movement. Movement. I mean, some of you went to Denton. Some of you went to Archdale. Some of you went down to High Point. Some of you went to Thomasville. You just went everywhere. How, who, went, who went to Vegas? That's what I want to know. Anybody? Mission trip to Vegas? None of you went to Vegas? Well, that's where Pastor Scott went. He, he went to Vegas. But we scattered. But all the staff, we stayed here. Man, I, I, you remember back in. 20 years ago in Hope City, yeah, I don't really know what happened to it. And there was a great movement taking place in the triad, man. There was some crazy things taking place. I, I don't know what happened to it. I, I think, like, some hard times came. A couple people got beat up. A couple knives got pulled. Heard some gunshots. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. But See, that's not what happened. You see here in this account, God used the persecution, the enemy trying to stop the movement, and he said, I'm going to just one-up you. So watch what happens. Watch what happens. He says that they were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse 2, godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Stephen was killed by the people who were doing the persecuting. Verse 3. Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and he put them in prison. Verse 4. Those who had been scattered. That's you. That's you. You are the ones who started to preach the word wherever you went. You did. You guys, the ones who are scattered, it doesn't say it, Luke didn't say it this way, but just the normal people. Because the apostles stayed back in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The normal people who were scattered, you guys were the ones who started to go and preach the word of God. You see, that's how this movement works. This movement already has the main character. This movement has the superstar. This movement is God's. And all he's looking for are a bunch of obedient, like-minded people who are willing to go laser-like focused on his mission. I hear what some of you are saying. There's no way, Scott, I can go and preach. But you can talk on Facebook for hours on end. You have no skills, you say. You have no passion. Well, here's why I get passionate because listen to this. Back in Acts chapter four, these men who were a part of God's movement doing unbelievable things in verse four, chapter four, verse 13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. I am so thankful for that. They were astonished. They were just unschooled. They were uneducated. They were ordinary men. And so you cannot come to me this afternoon with any excuse that tells me that you cannot be used in this movement of God. Scott, I'm too normal. Well, no, you know, if you go too normal, then you become weird, right? <laughs> My wife literally said this to me just a couple of weeks ago. The older you get, the weirder you become. I didn't think that was possible. You can't come to me and say, Scott, I'm just too normal. I have no gifts set. I have no abilities. I have no education. I have a checkered past. I, and you can fill in the blank until the cows come home. God uses people just like you. Actually, he says here, Luke is saying in, in this 4.13, he says that these men were or, or just ordinary I don't know how many of you read in the King James Version, but if you look this verse up in the King James Version, it says that these men were ignorant. Luke, that's a little harsh now, buddy. I know I only made 780 on my SAT, but listen, I'm not ignorant. I'm just challenged, all right? But he did. He said these guys were ignorant. And then if you go a step further, and this is how hanging out with Brent Bennett has worn off on me. It's phenomenal. If you go a step further into the original language, now now listen. If you go into the original language of the Greek, you come across this word ignorant, and it is the Greek word idiotes. (laughs) And I know that's just a C-minus pronunciation, but listen, I'm working on it. Idiotes. These guys were idiotes. I'm going to let you figure that out. Because you guys aren't idiotes. (laughs) But that is who God was using. You got that? Two things before I leave. There are a bunch of white hot passionate Christians in this room. What God is asking of you is he's asking the same of me. And he wants us to go live so passionate about his son Jesus that we show this community. We show this nation. Listen, it can start with this little group right here. And then the world. That this movement is unstoppable. I don't care what the world The enemy throws at us. It's unstoppable. And then for you, white, hot, passionate followers of Jesus, he's asking us to go live and breathe in such a way that his Holy Spirit works through us to where it's undeniable. See, today when you go home and you start digging back into Acts chapter 4, you're going to find out that Peter had that boldness, not because Peter had done something special or he was someone special, but Peter had that confidence and boldness simply because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I want it to be your mission in life that tomorrow when you walk in the door from work, when you guys come home from school, there's going to be somebody sitting at their desk or their chair or their dinner table and they're not even going to know your name but they're going to think and maybe even say out loud I don't know who she was I don't know that girl in my science class I have no idea who that guy in that other cubicle is but the only thing that I know is that those people have been with Jesus You see, that's exactly what they said of Peter and John here. It says they were unschooled and ordinary men, and the people trying to kill them were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, I don't have time this morning to go into all of that. But what I do know is there's a lot of us white-hot, passionate Christians And we're just not being with Jesus. And we wonder why life is the way it is. And so if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, this is my challenge for you. I shouldn't have to stand here and preach a sermon to you to tell you how to be with Jesus. Go find out about the man who saved your life and the one that you proclaim to love. You go be with Jesus. And I promise you, not only will your life and world change, but the ones around you will. And the second thing. Is there some of you in this room? And you can't even take another step into what we've just talked about here. Until you take a step into surrendering your life to Jesus. can't go live for him. You can't go praise him. You can't go talk about him. You can't go because you just don't know him. And for those of you who are in that seat this morning, it is my responsibility to tell you that Jesus Christ died for you, that he loves you even in all of your mistakes. Even in all of your shame and all of your guilt and all of the things that are holding you to the place you are today. He died for all of that. And how you go be with Jesus is you simply start off by saying, God, I didn't even know that I needed a savior. God, I didn't even know that I was a sinner. I didn't even know what it was that was going on in my life. But obviously, it's a void of you. You see, the same word that we've been reading out of this morning tells us that all of us have sinned. And we all fall short of the glory of God. But that same word tells us that Jesus Christ came and he died for everyone. And our response to that gift is simply a confession. Hey, God, I'm a sinner in need of your son Jesus to be my savior. You see, and then that word tells us that when we confess that he is just and he is faithful. And some of you may have done that right here in your seat. That word over there tells us that you're a brand new creation. You see, we have systems set up in place at this church that we have classes that go on during Sunday mornings so that you can learn about who you are in Christ. You can learn about who you are as a new creation. You can learn about what God's point for all of this is. You can learn about you being a normal person is who he wants to use. And so for those of you who aren't followers of Jesus in this room, that's how you get to be with Jesus. So I'm just going to ask every one of us just to bow our heads, to close our eyes and, hey, Christ follower, just do whatever God's asking you to do. Go wherever he's asking you to go. Even if it's difficult, go. Say what he's asking you to say. Be who he's called you to be. And then if you came into this room today and you just don't know Jesus as your Savior, listen, that's why you're here this morning. Today you want to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Oh, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't even need to know what's next. Listen, we'll help you with that. But today you're sitting here and you want to know that you know that Jesus Christ is yours. I just want you just to lift a hand and say, Scott, I want to know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. Would you just lift up a hand? Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Listen, nobody's looking around. I'm not here to point you out, to walk you around this room. I just want to be able to talk to you for a second. Just raise your hand high. Listen, today you are a brand new creation. See, God is not looking at this outward appearance. He's not looking at our performance. Hey, he is looking at your heart, and your heart is screaming out to him right now that I need Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Listen, you are forgiven of all of your sins. He took all of your sins upon Himself on the cross. The cross is enough, nothing else needs to be added to it. Today, you are saved, you are a Christian. Jesus Christ is yours the word tells us that when we get to a moment like this that the old you is gone all that old mess maybe even that you brought into this place today the old you is gone and the brand new you has come and that has happened today in y'all's life so God I just thank you for what's taking place in here God, you've got an army rising up. You've got a group of people who are passionate and they are laser focused and they are hungry to be a part of your movement. God, we want to be a part of you changing this community. God, we're not playing games anymore. Time is too short. God, this is real that's taken place and we're a part of something that is so much bigger than you. God, for those of us who follow your son, Jesus, God, give us a hunger for more of him. God, may we walk the streets of our communities and may pay people stop and may they see that we've been with Jesus God, I know that you're going to continue to do a great thing. You have performed a miracle in this place this morning. God, there are people in this very room who have experienced brand new life. God, they have joined in into this movement. God, you're going to use them starting right now. There's going to be a transformation that is going to be visible in their lives. God, I don't know what you're getting ready to do with those people who just surrendered their life to you. But God, I need your Holy Spirit, please, God, to speak to them in ways no human can. God, tell them that they are loved, that they are wanted, that you desire more for them than they would ever desire in their lives. And God, I just need to remind every person in here, you're the only one who gets the glory. You're the only one who gets the glory for this. But God, thank you for giving us the story. God, we got miracle stories to go and sit around the lunch table and tell today. People came to know Jesus as their savior. That still happens in the church today. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit being here. Jesus, we love you. Here we are, send us. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen. Would you stand to your feet, church? And before we leave in this place, there's something that we need to do. You know at this place, we get excited when someone gives their life to Jesus, right? And so we're going to celebrate. I want to hear you celebrate like you mean it. Because some people's lives just crossed over from death to life guys that's worth getting excited for